BuzzPod. You are here, my friends, because you believe in the LGBTQ plus community and the importance of sharing our individual stories to help impact one another. Our goal with the show is to introduce you to people and ideas that are going to help motivate you to pursue your dreams and inspire you to believe in yourself. My name is Alexandria Friedlander, and I'm here to introduce you to remarkable people who have helped shift the world we live in today. Today's guest is Rach the Maverick. Rach the Maverick is the one and only TikToker who is ruling it with mental health, in my personal opinion. Okay. She's uh, implemented Buddhism. She has over 150K followers. She is killing it. And what she's doing is she's impacting people to feel better about themselves by taking her own personal journey. I was looking at your TikToks by sharing her own personal journey of, you know, her day-to-day routine, what she's doing, what she's up to, you know, and helping people not feel so alone. Um, so help me welcome Rachel to the show. Thank you so much, Alex. I really love what you're doing with this podcast. So I appreciate you having me on here. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being a part of. So let's uh, go ahead and just dive right in. Let's Um, do it. Let's do it. So I want to know, um, you know, who Rach the Maverick is deep down inside, you know, on, on Les Pod, we get, we get deep. Uh, we like to talk about, you know, I want to know about your childhood and what it was like for you growing up, uh, what, what it was to, to realize that, you know, you liked the, the same sex and, you know, how that was for you in, in your environment, how old were you, that kind of thing. Can we get start there? Okay. Um, I was raised in Alabama and I think when people hear that, they kind of make assumptions, but I was raised, I would definitely describe my family as like intellectuals. My dad was kind of a Renaissance man, had a lot of interests. Uh, so we grew up with a lot of art and music. Uh, also being pushed really hard in academics um, and anything that we aspired, uh, just really being pushed hard. But I was raised Buddhist because he started uh, practicing Nichiren Buddhism in the 70s. And he was a, a, pi- a young pioneer in the South for Nichiren Buddhism. So that was all I knew. But All that was around me, especially in the 90s, was all Southern Baptist. Every other kid was Christian and uh, went to church and all that. And I didn't do that. So when I would tell other kids, I started to quickly realize that it wasn't being received well. And I faced some bullying and I faced things from teachers and other students that really made me kind of clam up about Buddhism as I started to grow up because I wasn't like the other kids. I think when you're young, you really want to be like everyone else. And I faced some just adversity because of that. And then when I was 15, I started to realize that I liked women. And I think somebody asked me as they were going to keep it a secret And they didn't, they told the whole school. So that was great. And I was very much outcast because of that, or people would try to outcast me because of that and definitely faced a lot of bullying. I think it was a good bit harder back then 
not received well back then. And again, you're, you're one of the different people now. So I was bullied to the point where I had to like quit my basketball team and it got pretty bad there, but I think that I'd faced adversity before with the Buddhism and <laughs> it's almost like it prepared me to deal with that. Was it an all girls basketball team or was it boys and girls, guys and girls? It was all girls. Wow. And you and think- some of them are gay now, the ones that were bullying me, right? Oh, some I'm sure. Are- I'm oh, sure. I'm proud. <laughs> Out and proud and speaking loud. Yeah. That sucks. I'm sorry that you had to go through that. But, you know, it's made you the, the empowering person that you are today. So thank you for sharing that. Um, what, how did you handle it? You know, how did you handle getting through that difficulty of being bullied, of feeling not a part of, of finally coming out to those who, who are still figuring it out, you know, who struggle with it, who, you know, are afraid? Yeah. I think back then I didn't know how to handle it and it had a lot of negative impact on my mindset and things like that. But at the same time, I was successful in my life and the things I was doing. So I tried to not let other people's opinions of me dictate, you know, me as a person who I knew myself to be and my morals and the things I knew I had going for me. And I kind of just trudged along and tried to realize there were bigger things than this, you know, bubble of people that was thinking this way. And I just continued with my goals and aspirations. And as I went to college and got into a more intellectual environment, got into the, you know, around the right people, I settled in and, and was able to be more transparent about who I was. And, you know, ever since then, it's just been more and more um, showing who I am and, not being ashamed because I think when you live with authenticity, you come across a lot better, no matter what, you're going to come across a lot better than if you're hiding something and just continue to focus on the things that I had going for me. I was able to just come out of that bad mental space, you know? That's amazing. That's amazing. What tools did you use to be able to come out of that dark place? So as I've gotten, you know, after college, I, I, and when I came down here and started working, I actually, you know, revisited Nichiren Buddhism and I, I took it on the practice for myself and not just, you know, my family doing it. And once I did that, I really started to have even better and better uh, outcomes mentally and better able to deal with situations. So really just learning the practice of Nichiren Buddhism, which just involves not not letting the circumstances outside you uh, affect you because you develop your inner state and your inner life force through practices like meditation in order to be able to deal with whatever comes your way. And now I just feel like it's helped me build my mental strength in a way that no matter what's happening or what adversity I'm facing, I'm able to handle that because my inner life state is good. Right. Right. So that's helped me a lot. That's beautiful. What about like, did you build, did you make friends when you first came here? What, what brought you to Florida? What brought you to, or 
you came to Florida, right? I actually came to Florida for work. So, um, you went, you're, you're in California now though. I'm in Florida now. I, I live in Orlando. It's a big gay city, you know, but oh, wow. I, what people don't know is I was, like I said, I was really big into academics growing up. So I, I got my bachelor's and my master's degree by the time I was 23 what? Uh, yeah. in the field of architecture. And it was like my whole thing for a long time. And I worked in that field for seven or eight years. So I was a studio leader at an architecture firm up until this past year. But that architecture job is how I ended up down here. And then I've been here for a few years. So, Wow, that's incredible. Congratulations. That's a big deal. Thanks. It's kind of weird to not live that life anymore, to not, because it was such a big passion of mine. It still is, you know, and um, I'm still really proud of my time in that field. And, you know, who knows, one day I might return to it. I always can, but Absolutely. That's really cool. So do you draw still on the side sometimes? Yeah, I I do work privately for, you know, people just not working under a a company and I'm my own boss these days. So that's always nice. And how did, and how did you transition? Like, how did you choose to believe in yourself enough that you could make this kind of transition from working from corporate, essentially, you know, to working for yourself, being an entrepreneur. Yeah, it, it was at some point, I mean, I was, I was extremely miserable, like, especially during COVID, I just wasn't happy in that corporate structure. And I think that COVID uh, allowed a lot of us to shift our mindsets about what's important and what's not. and in prioritizing myself, kind of, instead of my career, I, at some point, I realized I had this kind of epiphany that sharing Buddhism on TikTok would be something unique that I didn't see, I wasn't seeing on TikTok. And then I was like, well, I could just share myself on TikTok and just see if it hits, you know, see if it's, if it works. And anything that I do, I kind of like, take it way too far. Uh, <laughs> but in a good way. So I, I not only started on TikTok, but I started studying it as a, a business, not as a business venture, but I started studying how to do well on it. And I started doing really, really well. And that's that train started rolling pretty quickly. And I realized, okay, I can do well on this. And then I realized that a lot of people were doing this as their career. So I started studying that, started so, studying social media marketing and um, basically how to, at, you know, take it as entrepreneurial from an entrepreneurial sense and, and then make it kind of your job through multiple developing multiple sources of income. There's so much money in the social media industry these days, if you can learn how to tap into it. So I spent maybe eight hours a night on top of my day job and really just started to build up these platforms uh, to the point where I was making enough money to quit my job. I was, I had replaced my corporate income with my other streams of income. And since I wasn't happy, I was like, well, I'm just going to do this. That's making me happy. (laughs) I'm going to put more time and effort into this. So that's kind of just studied it. I studied it like a science really. 
That's amazing. So you chose to put in that extra work that most people, you know, don't do because they'd rather, and you know, I get it. Like I've been there, like they'd rather Netflix or game or like watch TikTok or do other stuff that's not really meaningful or giving them purpose to help kind of express who they are and maybe be happier in a sense. So like you put in the work, which yeah. is like, people need to know that you like, you have to put in the extra hours, you know, on top of your regular day job. Like that's the same thing for me. Like I have my day job, but then I'm hustling on the side. I'm hustling, you know, till, you know, midnight, 2 AM wake up at, you know, maybe like seven you know, and my, my, I could get more hours of sleep, of course, but, but I'm young enough and, and I feel um, passionate enough that I want to be at your level of success. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think that it's important for the people to hear that you have to put in the extra work. It just doesn't come to you. you right. Know? Like you're putting yourself out there on the platform. And let's right. talk about that a little bit. Like, tell me a little bit about what it was like to do your first TikTok. How did you feel? Were you self-conscious? You know, like, how do you now feel so comfortable being on camera to those who can't stand you taking a photograph of them? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think naturally there's a little bit of hesitancy to put yourself out there like that. So there was a little bit of, of that. And I'm also a really private person. I actually wasn't into social media at all before this. But as I started sharing more and more of myself, TikTok will kind of like pick up on things and shoot it out to people that might be interested in it. And I started getting a lot of really positive feedback about uh, just whatever I was saying or whatever I was divulging about myself, my life, my journey, really helping other people. And that just really inspired me to kind of take more and more layers down to, to show more and more of who I was, even though it's, it's, it can be hard. It's kind of uncomfortable. I started to realize that this is helping other people. And I think when you, when you stop hiding and you show who you are, you'd be amazed how many people that can help or how many people might have the same journey as you, same problem. So I think TikTok, the one thing is good. It's like good about connecting people in that sense. And so I really just started to get connected through this app. And from there, I started to build this online community of people who really took a lot of value from what I was sharing, which obviously was super humbling for me. But now I have this like awesome following that they really believe in me and I appreciate them. And, you know, so I think some people have like empty followings, but my following as what it is, it's really been built organically and as a sense of community. So that just kind of is what keeps me going on it type of thing. Yeah. People look forward to seeing you. They look forward to your posts and your TikToks, you know, like you've, you've helped them. Like in today's society, we have these alternate ways of making money, making income, but also these other ways of helping people um, through technology. Yeah. 
Like we're, we're on our phones 24 seven anyway. Like right. we're not looking up at the fucking clouds anymore. Unfortunately, we're, right. the majority of the people if we're, we're driving in a car doing something and we're at a red light. We're looking at our phones Right. You know, we're in the elevator. We're looking at our phones. We go to dinner. We're looking at our phones. So like, if you're going to look at your phone, make sure you pay attention to like what you're looking at, you know, what you're listening to, what you're surrounding yourself with. And I think, you know, obviously your audience has, has, um, catered to you because they find you to be valuable. Like your information mm-hmm. is a sense of value to them. It gives them hope. It, it obviously encourages them. They right. find it amusing, you know, like that's entertainment. And like in today's society, like you can do that. You can choose to, to be, you know, to put yourself out there and, mm-hmm. and create a stream of income. And I think that's fucking amazing. She's my friend. My mom's not like that, but you know, like, it's like, it's just fascinating. And there's no excuse for people to bitch and moan about being poor and not, you know, not doing what they want to do when, you know, if you want to be an influencer, which I, which a lot of people do nowadays want to be an influencer and all for it, you know, like everyone, I believe everybody has a share a, a story to share that's going to impact somebody else. So I think it's an absolute necessity that people do that. Right. Um, so I say go for it, you know. So thank you for sharing, you know, like how you did it and your experience behind it. Um, yeah, that's great. I think a lot of people that hear that I am a con- full time content creator, like, oh, I wish I could do that, just make content all day. I'm like, that is literally the tip of the iceberg. It's one part of what I do all day in order to, you know, I, I don't think I mentioned this, but once I built the TikTok platform, I also launched another platform on Patreon, uh, which allows creators to be supported by the people that like their stuff. And then you provide more content to them. So it's another platform to provide more content. Um, so I built up that platform too, but I also launched my LLC, um, through the, through all of it, through all of the platforms, I, I launched Rachel Maverick LLC, uh, in which I was finding other ways of income through brand deals, affiliate deals, um, content creating for companies that want to move in the, into this space. They see the value, but they might not know how to do it. And then there's creators like us that can say, I can either teach you how to do it. I can do it for you. Um, so then you're able to market yourself to companies like that. Uh, I could go on and on merch. I could go on and on about like the streams of income type of thing. But um, I think that people hear your content creator. They think it's easy. And there's, there's so much in the background and the behind the scenes. And I think now I work way more than I did in the corporate life. You know, I don't really stop working, uh, but I'm passionate about it. So it's really fun. You know, I, I enjoy it. So I don't mind type of thing. Right. You don't mind putting in the hours, putting in the work. Because it's something that you actually really enjoy. I love that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you're kind of a big deal, you know, like you, you, um, you were in Girls in Wonderland last year. And I, and I, I heard that you're going to be in, in it this year, featured this year. So congratulations yeah. on that. Get it, Thank girl. You. <laughs> Thank um, you. What, 
what is something, you know, from that standpoint of being, you know, that, um, that iconic in a sense that people want you to, to be featured at their party. What does that feel like? I mean, I don't see myself as like a big deal, especially with the numbers, the way they are in terms of TikTok, people have millions of followers and things like that. I think it's more so the sense of community behind my page that has been really cool. And that I will say is just like humbling. So it's like with the numbers that I have, it's the, it's actually the followers that show up for me in the way that they do that allows me to get opportunities like GIW where people want to see me there and they want to hang out with me and things like that. And so it's, it's all about these people have really just, if I, if I promote this, if I do this, they, they will go and buy it or they will go and get tickets. And that is really cool to see how they, it's like this. So I'm on a, I'm competing and y'all should go vote for me. I'm competing on to be on a reality TV show. That's to raise uh, awareness for mental health. And it all goes by votes. So it's all about your influence. It's an influencer competition. And right, right now they have me at first in my group because of my following, you know, and it's not about, again, it's not about the numbers. It's about being connected with your people. And I'm so connected with my people and they're so good to me. And so, like I said, they show up for me that it's so humbling. It's crazy. And I still, every day I'm like, this is so weird. You know, um, I have a little bit of like an imposter syndrome, anything, something, anytime something cool happens, but it's just fun. It's, it's neat. It's, it's a little surreal, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Surreal. I would think it'd be a good word. Yeah. For yeah. sure. That's awesome. And being like, you know, kind of at that standpoint, um, what, what is something that you'd like to see more in the lesbian community? I mean, you know, overall we, we cater to the LGBTQ plus community, but more so narrowed right now, I'd like to know at the lesbian community. Yeah. I think that for some reason, and I think we can all be plain and clear that there is toxicity that exists within LGBTQ spaces that I think sometimes gets written off as it's because it's the lesbian world or whatever. And if anything, as a, as a, um, a community that knows what it's like to be outcast or knows what it's like to face adversity, we should be doing the opposite of that. But for some reason, there seems to be a good bit of that. And it, it, I think it tends to get excused. But when you look at the people who are empowering, like say in the lesbian community, women that are empowering other women to, to meet their goals and they become more empowered. You never will fall down because you build someone else up. So I think that, you know, no one's ever going to hate on you if you're doing less than them. They're only going to hate on you if you're doing more than them. But if really, it's not even a competition like that. It's, it's, we should all be empowering each other at all times. And putting out more of that energy, especially in our LGBTQ spaces, I think it's so important. It's so important. Um, so I'd like to, I'd love to see more of that, I guess. Yeah, more, more connections, more empowerment. I agree. So I'll tell you a quick little story. Um, I went to uh, 
I'm, I'm a filmmaker. So, and also I do uh, social media marketing management and um, I just, I do freelance all the time, you know, and I um, somehow got, got in touch with Les Chic. If you know who that is, uh, she's on Instagram. She throws lots of events, great person. And um, she hired me to be the videographer. So I was the videographer and I went to this event and I hadn't, I lived in Orlando actually for college, just to let you know, um, where I did a lot of, well, it's not my <laughs> here, but I, I did a lot of, I, I did a lot of damage there. Um, and, and, um, I went to the party and this was the first time that I had really exposed myself to the the lesbian community, um, since I had come back from college and it was like lesbians fucking, sorry, mom, everywhere. You know what I mean? Everywhere. And they were like really good looking, like all of them were like really good looking. And, and then there were like strippers that were naked and, and also like possibly lesbians. And I was like, this is, is this heaven? You know, <laughs> and, and you know, other stuff was there and it was just like, it was awesome. And I, but here's the thing that I noticed that really upset me. Okay. Everyone was like good looking and, and it was great ambiance. It was great scene, great environment, but no one was talking to each other. Mm. Everyone was either clicked up or by themselves or just with like their partner or, you know, yeah, it was just like, I was like, what the fuck's going on? Sorry. What's going on? You know, like I, I didn't like it. It didn't make me feel good. So I did my job obviously, but it was kind of early in the night and I was like, well, I don't like this. So I'm, I'm just going to be me. So I decided to walk up to every single lesbian that was in there at that time and introduce myself. And I was like, Hey, my name is Alex. I'm, I'm the videographer. I just wanted to say hi. And a lot of people thought, you know, that I was weird, which I am, thank God. (laughs) Um, But they also thought, you know, like, wow, this is pretty cool. Like, you know, that somebody's coming up to me. Some people thought I was hitting on their girlfriends. Some people thought I was on them, you know, which is understandable. I get that. (laughs) We're lesbians. But just because I say hello and thank you or even say you're pretty doesn't mean I want to sleep with you. So, um. You know, I, um, I, and then the next day I created this page called Les Miami, which, you know, is watching us right now. And, and I decided that I wanted more positivity in the community, more, you know, kindness. And I think that that's what, what we're lacking. Right. That, that kindness and acceptance and, not feeling like intimidated by somebody or, you know, yeah, you might think your friend's girlfriend's hot to you, but that's your friend's girlfriend. So, you know, leave it alone and, and know that there are so many other fish in the sea that you can still be friends with that person and you can overcome that battle, you know, if that, that's right. Important, you know, right. the pet, the petty drama and stuff. And I think at the end of the day, the, the, 
the people who struggle to connect or even the people who think they're better than other people or whatever, or they have those weird ways of interacting. It all comes from a place of insecurity. And it's up to each of us as individuals to develop ourselves from within to a place where we feel good about ourselves and we're going to make other people feel good about themselves. And that is, it's an, it's literally an emotional intelligence baseline factor on top of other emotional intelligence and self-help things we should all be doing in order to, um, because you're not going to be happy if you don't make other people happy. It's, this is a concept in Nichiren Buddhism too, that you know, you develop your absolute happiness by developing your mindset to be able to deal with things, but then you have to help other people get to that place as well, or you won't, you, it, one needs the other to function. And, um, so I totally resonate with what you're saying. I, you know, and you can't, you, unfortunately you can't make other people be friendly and things like that, but even just by showing that you're friendly and you're nice and you are going to connect with people that will somehow influence those people too and influence those spaces, but it's up to us to create healthy LGBTQ spaces. Right. And to, to be more accepting of kindness, you know, like, like to everybody out there, like you're worth it, you know, like you're worth kindness, you're worth people being kind to you for no fucking reason. You know, like somebody compliments you say, thank you, because like, that's a big deal. I think it's a huge deal to compliment people. I compliment people all the time. Yeah. I'm hitting on them all the time. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Right. Right. If I'm hitting on you, you'll know, you know, that part. (laughs) I'm pretty aggressive. I think you'll know, but like, like I just, I just think that it's really cool that we can relate on that topic. And I think that a lot of people can as well. Um, So thank you for sharing that. Um, I love what you're doing with that. I think that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm not going to give up. Um, (laughs) So what is the, um, the overall legacy that you kind of want to leave behind when uh, Oh, um, <laughs> I That's think hard one. Yeah. I think something that is legacy worthy is, you know, the ability to share some of the concepts that I've learned through the practice of Buddhism, uh, so that other people can utilize them too, not as a religion, but as a practice and as a mindset, you know, practice and as a strength builder. And like I keep saying, It's all about developing your own inner state of being and developing your own life force to get to a point where you can handle adversity and you can handle trials and tribulations um, better just because your mind can handle them better. And then from there, it's about having the courage to still have hope, even when it's dark, because the sun will rise again. So I think um, developing a sense of courage and remaining hopeful. But also, I would also, outside of the Buddhism and sharing those types of, you know, tidbits, I think that just living out loud and, and showing who you are and not hiding and living also to the, mo- to the biggest form of yourself. Mm, I love that. You know, as we hide and we, and, or if we don't show up as our authentic selves, 
we're not giving the world what could be really valuable to them. And we're not doing justice to ourselves either. And also not letting any type of outside adversity or anything like that affect how you feel about yourself. Because at the end of the day, you know, your morals, you know, your integrity, you know, your, you know, your character. And as long as you're being a good person and all that, you should have confidence in that and continue to push and continue to share who you are. Cause it could really impact somebody else in a way that you don't know. Absolutely. Wow. That was beautiful. And <laughs> very true. Very true. Very true. Well, thank you so much for being on Les Pod. I appreciate it for you. To thank you. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. You're awesome. And, you know, keep on going. Like I'm rooting for you. I'm supporting you. I hope that more people support you after seeing this. Um, you know, the people that, that if they don't know who you are now, they know, and, and they're, you know, inspired, they want to go see your TikTok. Please go follow her and reach, uh, reach the Maverick on TikTok. And also it's reach the Maverick on Instagram. Um, reach the Maverick official on Instagram, reach the Maverick official on Instagram. Thank you. Um, and just thank you so much. Like keep, keep rocking it. Thank you so much, Alex. You too. And I really appreciate the positivity and kindness and and all of your ventures that you're sharing. I really appreciate that. I know that other people will too. So it's been such a pleasure. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you.